How to be 60 this week. Tricia Goddard is fabulously frank about how parents can sometimes struggle in a changing world. I've said to Maddie, I don't give a shit what yeah. you are. I don't care who you do with, with what you do, uh, who you identify with. You are my baby. You are Maddie. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Hi everyone, Kay Adams here with Corporal Karen McKenzie reporting for duty on this week's How To Be 60 podcast. Morning, evening, afternoon, I've no idea what time it is. Hello. There's no windows, how Hello. are you? Hello, I'm absolutely dandy. You know, I was just thinking um, this morning, we're six months away now from uh, my big six O because we started this couple of months ago. Oh, It's creeping closer. Yes. Do you know what we could do is um, get the countdown jingle here. Oh, no. Do you think I'm getting better? Uh, at what? But you, do you think Talking? I'm, no, 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 no. Do you think that I am beginning to get my head around it? Do you think I'm, you know... Yeah, well, there's a glimmer of, of hope there. I think sometimes I hear it, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Do you think? Yeah. That's just in general in your life. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I've not had a good week with it, to be perfectly honest. I've had some really disconcerting moments. Well, number one on my phone. (laughs) Number one of how many? Do you know how, um, you know, you've got face recognition on your phone? God, I never use that. Do you know? Probably that my phone's not old enough, new enough. Well, you've got face recognition on your phone, but my phone has stopped recognising my face. (laughs) And I think that's because I'm getting older. I think that's what it is. Oh (laughs) my God, seriously. I think my phone has taken a decision uh, on my face. Did you get the first, you know, when you initially must go for the face recognition, was it after doing a loose woman thing? So you were all made up? Maybe, oh no, maybe that's what it is. You just need to put on some big eyelashes. I well, bet Lippy wouldn't go miss either. Oh, it's been a long day. Shut up. The other thing is, I got into the car. The I've realised how many times in these podcasts because I've listened back to them. <laughs> to shut I'm up. always telling you to shut your face. <laughs> I need to stop that. Well, clearly the producer Mark must edit out the times I tell you to shut your face. Oh, I don't know. I think you bring out the thirteen-year-old in me because every time you say I go shut your face, <laughs> and then I listen to myself on the podcast, I think you're blooming nearly sixty-year-old woman. You shouldn't tell people to do that anymore. And um, so yeah, I got into the car the other day. Ian had been in the car because I really drive it actually. These yeah, days. so you said. I, I don't. Um, and why tra- have you still got it, Key? I don't know. I should sell it. Do you I know should what? Sell it. I yeah. think you should. It's good for That's the environment. Oh, apparently, you get a good price on second hand anyway, cars at the moment. I was trying to tell you that I got in the car and Classic FM was on. Uh huh. Oh, really? Uh huh. Was that Ian, Ian? Ian must have put it. I don't know what's wrong with him. Maybe he's having an affair. <gasps> Maybe he's having an affair. He never listens to classical music. What I was going to say. What, oh my what God, connection you made between Classic FM and having an affair? Well, I would oh. say if the seat was reclined well back, that's a reason <laughs> was to a jump to have frilly panties in the glove box. <laughs> you don't need to go that far. <laughs> Gosh, that's gone. Because actually I got in the car, it was Classic FM, it was classical music and I've always hated classical music and actually I quite liked it. And I thought <laughs> this is a sign of age. Uh, you've got to be a certain age I mean I know that there's young people that like classical music don't get me wrong but if you've never liked it then I think you only like it when you get to a certain age so 
that's where I was going with that story. But now Ian's having a bloody affair <laughs> with probably a 30-year-old violinist with the RSNO or something. God. Food for thought. So anyway, then another thing, and this is this is macabre. Oh, this is, of course, it's this not is being... A, this is yeah. the second thing about... Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, it's not I've got two good more week. things to run by you, right? Okay. So I have started... Do you do this or is this just me? This is what I want to know. If I see in the news that a well-known person has died... I, imme- right. I immediately check their age to see if they're younger or older than me. No, I don't do that. You don't do that? No, I don't do that. Is that just me? It is. Well, I don't know if it's just you, but I certainly don't do it. Who, who died? Can you talk about it? Anybody. I mean, if I see if anyone has died, I check to see if to they're see older what, or younger than me. Do you see what they've died of? Do you look to see what they've died of? Not really interested. So it's just the age? Yeah, yeah. Christ, Key, you've got issues. Really? Just you think that's bad? That's right. right. Okay. I mean, right. I to- listen, I said she wasn't a good week. It could be a car accident. It could be anything. I know. It doesn't need to be illness. I know. Right. right. Here's the next thing. I was on a train up to Aberdeen. Oh, I shouldn't say where I was going. Cause I anyway, you're up to Aberdeen. Oh, I was on the train, right, okay. <laughs> and I was sitting there and this woman got on and she was probably about the same age as me. 37 no no uh, <laughs> over 21 over 21 <laughs> over 21 yeah she was over 21 and she looked really nice you know you see somebody that she, glam no 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 she was but she mm-hmm. had a nice face she looked fun she looked clever she looked right. like the kind of person you'd go out for a drink with and everything yes but she was an older woman yes and like, she wasn't glamorous and you know she was in business dress but she had on really wacky shoes did you keep looking at her uh-huh. no no but really wacky shoes with gold bits and red bits oh. and funny platforms and stuff and I thought Do you know what Crazy shoes are the old age equivalent for having good tits. Are they? Yeah, because you want people to look at you and then when you're younger, you're just sitting there with your big tits, aren't you? You're just sitting there on the train with your tits. If you think that big tits are a good look, I personally (laughs) don't. Whatever, you know, a good looking set of tits, right? Okay. All right. So... Like you've not said it before, right? But when you're older, well, you don't have that, so you you pull a pair of big shoes. I've amused myself. You put on a pair of crazy shoes. Well, you're certainly drawing attention to yourself. Yeah, I, I think that's honestly. You think about that. You come back to me next week and come because I think I'm onto something there. I All really right. do. Okay, I'll be on the lookout. I'm yeah, just looking lovely. around the studio just now. Anyway, like I say, it's not been a great week, which is why, and we're not going to speak to her quite yet because we've got emails. Because I know you're bad for jumping the gun. You jumped the gun with Jane Moore, and I wasn't happy with you. But, um, but <laughs> just to give a little no opening my <laughs> mouth at all. Very shortly, um, we're going to be speaking to Trisha Goddard, and I have asked Trisha to come on specifically because I know her to be an absolute powerhouse. Now, I know she's listening to this, and so I'm not saying anything behind her back, and she will say something, but I remember when I was doing uh, Loose Women, and if Trisha is listening, then Karen doesn't know what it is, and she's not impressed. Um, And I just had Charlie, so we're talking 19 years ago. And I was sitting there, Charlie was 10 weeks old and I did not have magnificent boobs, but they were huge and they were (laughs) leaking constantly. God, did you have on a shirt that you remember? When you had like, a shirt like that and yeah. you look down and you've got this oh, big... God, the so, pad didn't oh, work properly. Oh, my God, and you're getting yeah. bits of cabbage. Oh, oh my no. God. Oh, the cabbage, I'd forgotten yeah. the cabbage. Did you Anyway, so it was that. And, and Trisha was also on the show and she was telling the story of how... And I'm dying to know if she remembers the story. that, And I can't remember which way it was. Either just before she had one of her children, she'd run a marathon or just after. Oh, my God. Um, or just before or just after. Either would be like, very hours, impressive. 
she was um, she was in a board meeting, you know, some very important hand, and I can just remember God. sitting there with my leaking feelings, <laughs> <laughs> with a big ball face, very Scottish expression, thinking. Oh my God, I'm a disaster. Yeah. So I want to know if she remembers these stories. Um, That's how, horrible to feel like that if you just had a baby, isn't it? Though, uh, oh feeling God. like you're not superwoman. Felt like a milk cow. But oh. I remember I went into London one night when I was there because we were recording in Norwich at the time, uh, and I'd gone into London, but I hadn't expressed the milk that mm. day, and so it was building solid, up, building solid, up, building up. And so I went in and I had to meet somebody for some meeting, and I was coming back about eight o'clock at night. And by the time I got back, well, I was on the train back to Norwich. I mean, do you know what it's like? They were going to explode. They were so hard. It's oh my. God, it was just... A, and it's like you had a boob job. <laughs> oh, oh, but it was... But, but they were... Aye. It was like no, the it's skin so would not contain them. And so I went into the, the loo, the, the toilet loo, and the train, <laughs> the toilet loo, the train loo. I'm getting excited now. And I just started pounding <gasps> them, pounding them, pounding them. And it's spurting all over the place. And Seriously? I thought, <laughs> I thought somebody's going to come into this loo oh catch and think somebody's God. been spunking all oh, over the place. Hey, <laughs> is that completely necessary? Oh, my God. God. Oh, Jesus. Well, God. And then, so they're standing at the door and you come out. Well, there you go. Anyway, so a couple of Jesus. emails. <laughs> oh, I feel better. I thought you were just going to say, you know, sometimes when, like when you were breastfeeding and you'd go into a shop and there was a baby crying, you go, oh my God, you know that immediate effect that you had that you would feel it tingling away because it was that that thing that you just wanted to immediately feed a child. But did you ever have that feeling? Your stories are quite mild compared to mine. Christ <laughs> almighty. No, I've never. Oh, right. I've this before. We've got a lovely email from Emma. Hi, Emma. Um, OMG, you pair are hilarious. Now, now, I really liked Emma with that first line. I thought that's a really nice opening line to an Emma. The next bit can only email. be complimentary about me then if you're kind of already no, no. deciding that. <laughs> OMG, good. you pair are hilarious. I'm not quite as old as you two. <laughs> <laughs> but nearly. Put it back. So, you remind me of me and my best buddy, who's also called Karen. So, that makes me UK. So, Emma is me. Unfortunately, she says, I'm not as slim as rich are you. Oh, believe me, it ain't as good as it looks. <laughs> Um, but I do think that we that's her and her Karen are mm -hmm. just as funny um, <laughs> she's recently gone HRT on HRT patches yesterday and Ooh. messaged me this morning to say that she's still dry oh um, <laughs> this is going downhill fast this podcast isn't it I haven't even got a pulse down there Ooh. so there is really no hope of me going to Anne Summers with my husband and anyway he said after two kids I need a, fi a fire extinguisher not a vibrator a fire extinguisher <laughs> Oh my God, Emma! What's the fire extinguisher? I've, well, I've lost it. Please use your imagination. Oh, oh God. but anyway, my favourite line of the email is: "I was convinced that Karen was Lorraine Kelly." <laughs> what the accent? There's one Scottish accent. <laughs> Hello. I don't even listen to Lorraine. <laughs> oh, of course you don't. <laughs> Morning, Telly. <laughs> That I know. Mm -hmm. Now, we've got another two emails. Now, the thing is, because I'm rubbish at cutting and pasting, I've only got one name. I like how you never allow me to read any of the emails. Not that I'm desperate it's to. It's because I do all the work. That's why. So, mm -hmm. the name is at Mark Bennett. So, Mark has sent in one of these two emails. But I don't know which one he sent in. All right. So, let's try and work out. Because one's a woman and then obviously we've got Mark. So, let's try and work out which of these emails is Mark's. Right? Fine. Fine away. So, this could be Mark. I've just discovered your podcast. I love it. I will be 65 in July and hate it. 
When I was reaching 60, people exclaimed I didn't look it. When I now say I'm reaching 65, nobody <laughs> says I don't look it anymore. <laughs> I'm sick. And so I, I, I so agree with you. Libido is just a crossword answer in my life now. Keep entertaining us. Would that oh, be Mark? Well, let's hear the next one. Loving your podcast. I remember Karen was so happy to be giving out work at 60. I had to stick it out to 65. Mm. Although I didn't feel my age, I felt I was treated like the old woman. Oh, well, there's oh, a that's clue, not, isn't it? So that's not Mark. So yeah. Mark's the other one who says libido is just a crossword answer in my life now. All right. I should finish the other one, shouldn't I? That's really rude of me. Um, I was treated like the old woman at the end of the desk, and quite frankly, I think I had more life in me than most of them who were much younger. I love my age, or is it that I love not having to go to work, catching up with friends over lunch, getting in the car, just heading off somewhere, or better still, sending this from the villa in Bali, which is home <sighs> for the next month. <laughs> That's revenge. Mm. That is, yeah. See you, youngsters, still at work. Enjoy it. Let me remind people of the email address because we love these emails that are coming in. Thank you very much. Podcast at htb60.com. Um, shall we say hello to Trisha? Trisha Goddard, of course. Uh, hi there, Trisha. Hello. Hello. Apologies for the fire extinguisher remarks. It was just quite unnecessary. I, I don't think I can work that out. I, I don't oh, actually think I want to. Probably, I would just not. Probably not. No. Probably Stay not. where you are. Don't yeah. go there. Do you remember that story about <gasps> giving birth? Yeah, well, I was... Um, I did a, I think, 30-mile bike ride. I think it was before I had Billy. Um, I was on air. I went back on air fully made up two hours after I had her. Um, two hours? No, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You went back on air two hours. So let me, let me, this will make sense. This will make sense. Or maybe Because at the moment might. it makes no sense. Okay. So I was, uh, I was pregnant and working in uh, doing a live show called the 730 Report News every night. Um, I had press literally camped outside my door waiting for me to give birth. And the night before, um, my partner was away filming and I went to put the rubbish out and there's this car idling there. And <clears throat> I put the bin out at the, you know, on the sidewalk on the pavement. This is in Sydney in Australia. And suddenly the door opens of this car. This guy runs at me. I scream. I run to go to my front door, slip and fall over, right? I'm shaking at anything, slam the door. The guy says, oh, it's all right. I'm a journalist. You know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> all right, <clears throat> exactly. So I go to a very fitful sleep, 5 a.m. the next morning, bang, bang, bang on the door. They're trying to get a photo of me. Anyway, all that upset, I was meant to do my show that day. So... <laughs> My partner comes back and I start having these twinges. So, oh, oh. So I get on the phone to my girlfriend, Claire, who's the only person I'd known ever given birth. And I'm like, Claire, I don't know if I'm uh, in, but uh, <laughs> I think I might be. Uh. She said, Yeah, you are. Go to hospital. You're in labor. So I'd done this active birth, get to hospital. Um, I had billion two and a half hours, naturally, no painkillers, but I had trained to do it with a. A, a, a personal trainer midwife that they have in Australia. Wow. More about that. And uh, two hour and a half hours later, I loved the birth. I mean, I loved it. It was quick. It was over. 
I I did a, a a vomit of mango that I'd had for breakfast across the room, which was <laughs> great. Yep. I hear this. I hear the stain is still on the wall in that delivery room. You <laughs> <laughs> should have signed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember the. They said, "Ah, oh, that'll be the second stage." What? <laughs> anyway, so um, and I'm there. I'll get back on the bed, and I'm like, "Oh crap! My my, I didn't phone and say that I wasn't coming in." I don't even know what's going on. So I pick up the phone. <laughs> you know how you're in that mad high. Yeah. Like, and I had an Aussie accent in it. So, Debs, mate, um, I won't be coming in. She said, well, we wondered why we hadn't heard from you. Oh, I just given birth. She said, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I had a stand-in guy um, get him in. And they said, do you think you can do something from the hospital? So I said, ah, sure, mate, send the cameras. So they sent my secretary with my makeup and the cameras. I had my little rubber ring put something on did all my makeup on and i did the you know my, my partner was a producer a, a really senior producer so uh i said uh, i said uh, good evening you're with me trisha goddard and this is a 7 30 report i won't actually be with you today because as they say a funny thing happened on the way to the studio the camera's <laughs> down there was two and a, two hour billy Oh my I said, God. I went to the studio. I'll see you later in the week. So that was on the uh, Thursday. And indeed, the next Wednesday, I was back on air. Wow. Well, is that post-birth euphoria? But my goodness, that's... A, I mean, you should see... I don't know if you can see Karen's face, Trisha, but yeah. <laughs> it's like a smacked arse, I have to say. Yeah, I think I have to agree arse. with you. It's like a smacked arse. I do not understand that. And was that you then back to work, sort of? Yeah. Yeah, except I didn't oh have a nanny God. because she'd come early. She'd come two and a half weeks early. And in those days, we didn't get maternity leave or anything like that. I was trying to time her birth for the natural Christmas break, but she came on December uh, on uh, November 23rd. So whichever cameraman wasn't... But you still knew you were going to have a child round about then. No, she should have come three weeks later during the, the, the hiatus, you know. And that sums up my daughter to this age, to this moment. She's always the same. She turns up early, unannounced. <laughs> Can't wait to get anywhere. No, so whichever cameraman wasn't on the camera held her until I could get a, a, a nanny and I'd have to feed her. I've got a picture somewhere of being in makeup while breastfeeding her. And I know what you mean, Kay. I've actually been on air and, and, and the director said in my ear, you know, tits, tits, tits. <laughs> I'm still in shock about going back to work so soon after. How many children do you have? Two, two. And did you go back so soon after the second one? Was Billy your first or your second? Billy was or my what? first. Oh no, Billy was my first. I was a piker. So in terms of I the went second back earlier. one. Earlier with the second one. I had her on oh a Thursday. Oh, my God. You're not right. Monday <laughs> Monday morning. I did an LP because I did 730 Report and Play School, a kids program in Australia. did that for 12 years. I was part of the team that we, we did this um, LP and we were recording from about 6 a.m. on the Monday morning. And on my wall, I had that. We got a platinum record. Uh, 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 you know, we went platinum. And, and I actually still play that to Maddie and say, Maddie, you were like a few hours old when that was. Uh, oh, uh, my God. But we've got hey, a I thought you were on... bad with work being important. <laughs> but it sounds that like you put work ahead of everything else. 
Um, I've always worked. You know, my mum did and my dad did. They were both psych nurses and they didn't really have a role because when one was on duty, the other one wasn't. So there was no real, you know, male role, female role, except probably daddy. Dad always peeled the potatoes and shone the shoes because he'd been in the army. But apart from that, it was just one or the other. And they always, I'm, I'm from a real working class but it really does sound like us. work is <clears throat> is very high up on the agenda for you. It's it takes priority over so many other things. Everything. Yeah. yeah well, here's the thing: when you're freelance, um, come when, on. when you're freelance, you don't get holidays, and I okay. don't see work as, as separate. You know, wow. I had a child. Let me tell you, I had a childhood in East Africa, and that really shaped how I see work because the women there put the baby in what they call a kitamba yes. on the back and just go back go to on work. with it childbirth is not a medical thing it's a part of life and i very much absorbed that i mean right. i took my kids everywhere i went on the road we were known as the entourage mm-hmm. i had the nanny holding the baby when i was on air when i was off air I had the baby with me baby in the bed you, you know sat in the loo writing up my notes and it's interesting you say, Tricia, that your parents, um, you know, you didn't didn't give you the sort of stereotypical male-female roles mm. because mine didn't either. You know, they had a business together. And so, and this is something that often comes up on Loose Women, actually, mum guilt, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, and yeah. I don't really feel that because no. um, my mum and dad didn't assume classic male-female roles, which is quite unusual. I mean, mm-hmm. we're around about the same age. So you would be unusual in, in that as well, Tricia. But so what age are the girls now? Are they happy and healthy? Um, Billy is 32, 33 this year. And Maddie, who is they, Maddie's non-binary. Um, so they are tw- 28. They went 28 on the 20. Oh, hang on. <laughs> the 12th. Such a good mother. I've forgotten her birthday. <laughs> Their birthday. That's a whole thing. Learning the whole new land- language yes. and having a non-binary child. What is that like? <clears throat> Uh, it's it's a learning process. Um, no, I knew they were probably gay around the time they were nine or ten. And Billy used to say, oh, Maddie, Maddie's never going to be with a guy. Maddie's gay when Maddie was about, I don't know, six or seven. So they were always different. They're a very, very gifted child, which comes with... You know, I mean, both my girls, I mean, we all say that about our kids, don't we? They're both very, very bright. Maddie is academically, I think, how many degrees have they got now? Four, <laughs> whatever. Um, <clears throat> uh, but they, I uh, I remember we were on a national, a Save the National Health Service march together, protesting, marching, it was pouring with rain. Went for a coffee afterwards and Maddie, uh, the phone went and Maddie went, Ooh. And I said, what's the matter? He said, oh, this person I'm dated have just found out you're my mother because uh, <laughs> they, they keep, they, they don't like that name. And I said, what is this person's name? And Maddie looked at me and I can't remember, let's say it was, went, Caroline. And I went, okay, why is it a problem that Caroline knows my name? And, and <laughs> Maddie was like, 
hang on, she's asked the wrong question. She's not freaking out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and she tells the people, mum was really stunned. I said, no, I wasn't. I was just, you know, and the first thing I said, how old is this woman? And she said, uh, they said something like 38. And that's what I had the problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you said it was a, a learning process. What have you had to learn? Sheesh. What am I still learning? <sighs> Language. Um uh, and Billy and myself are the same language around it. They, I could understand gay. I could absolutely understand I had a gay daughter, a queer daughter, as they call it now. Right, right, because I, I'd known it. I was, you know, like, eh. and I don't, I really didn't care. Then I had to learn the whole, I don't feel male, I don't feel female thing and wrap my head around it. And and I'm lucky in that I've done this journey with with Billy, who's kind of straddles the generations, if you like. Billy Billy makes me scream. Well, honestly, we have laughs. Billy Billy went to a party, <clears throat> Maddie's birthday, and Billy said, "Maddie, all Maddie's friends are in that queer space, non-binary, non-gender specific, whatever you want to call it." So Billy said. <laughs> Billy's walking to this party and she's going, okay, okay, they, them, they, them, they, them, they, them. Mum, you know what it's like, you have a couple of drinks and you say, oh, did you hear what she said? Ah! Everybody turns around and attacks you. So Billy's going, they, them, they, them. And it's a fancy dress party and the door rings and Billy opens it and this is chap, yes, he's a chap, all dressed as Beetlejuice in the most amazing costume. And Billy said, hang on, this needs an announcement. Goes to the door, she goes, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys. And the whole party goes oh. quiet. <laughs> Looks yeah. at her. And she went, um, um, people. <laughs> it's like, so we can laugh about it, but my God, it's difficult. It, it, it's, it's difficult. I, I, I've said to Maddie, I don't give a shit what yeah. you are. I don't care who you do with, with what you do, uh, who you identify with. You are my baby. You are Maddie. And I will always talk to you and address you as Maddie. What you want to be called, what have you, I'll do my best. I'll probably slip up. Um, but, you know, that's it. But mm. it, it's... It's, you know, it's so interesting, Tricia. I mean, and this will seem like a silly uh, example to bring up, given what you've said. But Karen was just saying last week that her elder sister, and this is a very mild example, um, was, was named Norma. And then at 19, didn't want to be Norma and wanted to be Kerry uh-huh. because she didn't like whatever that name gave her. And I know that's a name, not a gender thing. But so she kind of... And your mum, Karen, uh-huh. you were saying, was offended by that and rejected by that. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any of those feelings, Tricia, you know, when Maddie came to you and, and you know, when you learned all of this? Mm-hmm. Is there a bit of the mother that thinks, oh, I'm rejected? No. No, no not at all. I'll tell you the bit that, that did make me feel rejected. Um, my... Uh, my husband, uh, who was their stepfather, and there from the time that they were tiny babies, they never really knew their birth father. They <clears throat> now got in contact with them. But um, they were so hurt and angered by his uh, just kind of taking off and rejecting them. They both came to me and said, Mum, we want to change 
our surname and they both have changed their surname. And I said, oh, you're going to change it back to Goddard. And they said, no, because that's not your real name. Because, of course, I found out when my mum died that my who I thought my dad is not my dad. I don't know who my dad is. And so they said, no, we want Nanny's name. That's my mum. They worship the ground my mum. Uh, she was part of the Windrush generation. She was an absolute powerhouse. They worship my mum. They said, we want Nanny's name. So they have my mother's they both changed their name to my mother's maiden name. Now I said, well, I'm still Goddard, don't I? Haven't they got rid of that? And I find it's, I'm more having to, I mean, I deal with it, but the thing that hurts me is that, not that they rejected, you know, my, my ex-husband's name at all. I could totally get that but that they expunged Goddard from it. And that they, uh, yes, they took my mum's maiden name, but my mum wasn't particularly <laughs> fond of it either. And I'm like, so I have two children and, and it's my mum's maiden name was Fortune. And we always used to joke about, ha ha, you're Miss Fortune. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and when I, I, I can't say that to Maddie, of course, because she's like, she's like, oh, I'm no gender. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of humor. I I'm probably mm. try to bring some humor to this whole um, this whole gender thing. I mean, I laugh about everything. I laugh about I I can joke about being black and being um, weird. You know, like somebody says, a friend of mine, DJ Fat Tony, was talking about a joke. He said, you know, don't you get you want to kill people who walk in front of you really slowly. You know, you said, I hate that when you're going somewhere and there are all those people on the pavement who walk along really, really slowly. And I go, mm, honey, you want to be black. They soon speed up when they look over their shoulder. I mean, I can <laughs> I can joke about that. But the whole gender thing. Wow. There, there does seem to be a, you know, and I say this to Maddie, lighten the hell up. I know you mm. go through awful things, but. Uh, and it ain't, believe me, it ain't the worst thing in the world. I think when you're young in this generation, you want everything and you want it now. You know, you, 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 this is who I am. And, uh, you know, when I was seven, I decided I wanted to be called Christine for don't even ask me. <laughs> and I remember. I wanted to be Dawn. <laughs> Dawn, yeah, I wanted to be Christine. I mean, God help me. Um, and I want it to be Christine now. You will know my name now. You know, and now look at us. So you're laughing about being Dawn. I'm laughing about being Christine. You need to say, mm. I'm not saying it will pass, but all of those things like you, you, your gender identity is not the most important thing on the planet. But I, fi I, I find I'm going to get killed for this. Um, I'm nowhere near a rowling or anything like that because I, I, I would see myself as an ally. But what I found, especially during lockdown, that all not just with gender anything people form very 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 tight bu bubbles and it's like their little puddle is the world hmm. you know and i say it's a puddle on a beach of many many thousands of puddles it is not the world you know but they're in this vacuum and so that all they talk about it's like a tumble dryer marginalization yep. and this and that and that and that can be about color or gender or being single or anything like that. And 
so humour goes. But I think, you know, it's really interesting for our generation, I think. And I mean, this has been really overly simplistic, but mm-hmm. I find of our sort of age, two broad camps, the ones, and, and I'm going to say Piers Morgan, and I'm not going to get into a big Piers Morgan conversation, but who kind of rejects all of that newness, you know, sort of mm-hmm. rejects the the future in in some ways and then there's another camp and I would like to put myself in this other camp though I'm not saying I'm always successful at it that thinks right well okay don't fight the future you know younger generations are coming up they've got different issues they've got different attitudes and I have to I have to get on board I have to try and understand I have to keep the 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 communication channels open Mm. and I think there's I think those are the two broad camps that have emerged for people of our age and I would I would put peers in the other one which is I, I don't want to listen to that it's weird it's mad I identify as a penguin shit it's fear blah, blah, blah. it's fear it's fear it's fear of loss of control and power and and it tends to be older white middle-aged men who've traditionally had the power for centuries and centuries and centuries and I think I, I, I'm not saying it's all along male and female lines but as a mother, you're constantly having to accept the next thing. You've got to be fluid to be a, a, a parent, you know, um, and and a parent that's close to children. I, and I'd, I'd also say, like, once upon a time, there were people who were vehemently against the abolition of slavery or women getting the vote. They were all called, if the term woke had been around then, it would be like snowflakes, you know, why you know, why are you bothering to think about women getting the vote? All of those things were opposed by your Piers Morgans of the day, you know? Uh, so that's the way I see it. The world is going to change and it's changing faster and faster. And the next generation, yes, gender's one thing, but they're likely to save this planet that we've mucked up when it comes to environment and, and distribution of wealth and things like that. So I think it, it's, I think a lot of people who've been used to being in power find it very difficult to say, you know what, I probably don't know everything about everything and I probably haven't made the best job of everything. So let me just sit back and listen to what the, the incoming crowd have mm. to say because they just might have some really good ideas i'll give you a round of applause for that trisha i have to say <laughs> I, I personally i agree with you listen can we talk about your world changing because karen is fascinated uh, by your marriage plans aren't you karen well <laughs> <laughs> so married for the fourth time you're going to be married for the fourth time yeah i'm catching up to joe collins you know uh, i just want to see why well, nobody ever asked Mick Jagger that. <laughs> well, I would have if I was talking to him. <laughs> um, I'd probably say White is partner. <laughs> Why? Yeah, well, which one? <laughs> How do you know you're his partner? Um, uh, why? I mean, I, I never listen. The first one should have been annulled, really. It was a very fast and awful thing. Right, um, so how long was that for? How long were you married to this person? Uh, Robert, Robert Nestale. Probably in its truest thought. I mean, I knew I was making a mistake. I, I was in the car going to the wedding and oh, I said to my dear. girlfriend, I, I, this is wrong. And it was a political. So a lot of political faces that are interesting. I've seen all of the Australian election coverage. I know those guys from way back. Mm. Uh, but uh, all these powerful people were there. We're in the car driving up and I say to my darling girlfriend, who's since passed away, Stel, Stel, I'm doing this, I'm doing Oh, everybody has nerves, you know, but I was... You knew that you shouldn't be going through with it. And is it because it was, you were like, 
minutes away from it or are there all these perfect no. people that you just couldn't back out? I was kind of bamboozled. I was schmoozled and bamboozled. He was a lot older. Um, and how old I, were you? I was 20, just before my 28th birthday. All he right. was 10 years older, but a good 10 years older, a very smooth politician, very good looking, looked like Robert Palmer, which was why I fancied him in the first place. <laughs> 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 Go <Huh>. figure. <laughs> But um, it was like this bandwagon, you know, he decided, he drove it all. It was like this bandwagon thing. And, and you know, I was in a strange country. I was in, a, in Australia. Um, and I was like, at the last minute, I said, no, I just, I knew it was wrong to my core. But everybody around me told me, it's just nurse, it will go, what have you, you know, and I knew that, that evening when we had a, a cocktail party at his place, and he said, uh, oh, I've got to be in Canberra tomorrow. And um, that was it, it's a new bride, off he went. Um, and, you know, my I, I said this to myself a thousand times, I should have listened to my gut. Mm. You know, I mm. should have listened to my gut. He used to say to me, you know, people are going to tell you that because I'm so hands-on and touchy-feely, you might hear people say that I'm gay, you know. <laughs> and, and it's because, you know, and looking back, all the signs were there. But in 1985, the only gay people I knew was from my airline days, who were my, the, my steward colleagues who were like mincing up and down the cabin. You know, it was like Larry Grayson type of gay. We weren't used to people in high-powered positions being gay back then. So never did I, you know, when he used to say that, I, used, I took him at his... his um, yeah. so, so he was gay? Yeah. yeah, he died of AIDS and I was lucky, God help me, that the marriage lasted so shortly and was such a disaster. How, how long did getting, it last? It's about three months before I oh, moved into another bedroom. Three yeah. months? And I had to get away. Oh, Let me tell you, God. I had to get away. Uh, I had to get away and the best way I got away, he was a really powerful guy. I I called the removal guy while he was there and I quickly put all my things into black plastic bags and I knew he wouldn't make a fuss in front of the removal guy, but I just handed him these plastic bags and it took him six weeks to find out where I was. And by that stage, I, I was working full time as a journalist. And I said, I just said to him, you give me any problems and God help me, I will go public. I wouldn't have done with everything I know. And so he left me alone. Wow. Um, That's scary. You know, I, That's scary. Well, in the end, I mean, I still, I was, he was, he was doing some great work. No, everyone's good and bad. Let me tell you, that's one thing you learn at this age. Mm. He was doing some really, really great work with the UN, and I, uh, I stayed as a long distance, you know, worker for them. I didn't ever interact with him again uh, until a friend rang up and said, "You do know he's got cancer and he's dying." Oh and I rang him up and I said, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry." And he said, "Oh yeah," and he chatted away to me, and it was AIDS, and he knew all along, and he'd been asked. By his social worker and his doctor, they said, we need to tell your, your wife, your ex-wife. He wouldn't have it. Um, and I and Trisha, out. sorry, what, what year was this? 1986, beginning of 1986. Right, right. Golly. But God, you know, talking about as we get older, the things you learn, not everyone is all good or all bad. It's yeah. a big, big lesson. That, because, I mean, there's no doubt when you are younger, t things tend to be a little bit more in primary colours, don't they? <laughs> and then as you get older, they all kind of merge and they bleed into each other. Oh. Um, right, so, sorry, I'm going to cut here. So, so uh, ma marriage one, marriage two came along how long after that? 
Uh, I didn't want to get married again. <laughs> I oh, didn't. my God. I had a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend uh, uh, um, when I was I was working in television, and we were working stupid hours in those days. I, okay, I don't know if you've done newsroom stuff. You just, yep, yep. you know, you finish editing at 2 a.m. You get, uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. And so the only people you really socialised with were people in the newsroom. So he was an editor. Um, and we were girlfriend, boyfriend. And I think the only reason we moved in together was I got a flat of my, I'd been sharing, I got a flat of my own. He needed to get out of his. So he just moved in. It was all very casual. Um, I didn't, I wasn't, I never really thought I wanted kids. I didn't think I didn't. I hadn't thought about it. But um, when my kid sister um, uh, took her life and she did it in a really awful way and it was I had to come I came back to England I was with her in intensive care for uh, as were the rest of the family over the six weeks and what have you but the family just imploded suicide absolutely ugh, devastates a family and um, I very much suddenly wanted life and my girlfriend had had a baby and I remember this was the first baby Sam who's now 30 six seven uh in my hand and i just knew i wanted a baby in that sec and so i basically i decided i was going to have a baby i did three months off alcohol worked out really hard <laughs> said i'm gonna get pregnant on this day <laughs> like good little capricorn i did um and so i wasn't married until just before i had maddie i mean we were girlfriend boyfriend cohabiting you know doing a k <laughs> Um, and I only really got married before Maddie. I don't know why I did. I don't know why I did. That was a dumb idea. Mm. Um, and I kind of knew that relationship wouldn't last forever, but I wanted both my kids to have the same dad. I mean, we, we were good mates, really good mates, and we should have stayed that way, really. Mm. Um, so it was convenient. It was, it was, I suppose, you used him to father, to, to have your children. Yeah, and we were, yeah. like I said, we were, it wasn't like he was, I mean, we'd been together by the time I had Maddie. I mean, we were together about seven years all up. He he, he was probably messing around the whole time. I can't really blame him. Um, uh, we worked together and stupid hours and what have you. Um, and there is something as well about Australian men of that generation. I don't want to clump them all together, but the thing you have to realise is, that, remember, is Australia had a white Australia policy up until I was 21. I've got Australian relatives as well, and I couldn't go to Australia before then, or I could, but it would have been very difficult. Australia was, and some would say, very, very racist. So looking back, my partners all had a view of, what, and were quite upfront, a view of what black women were. I mean, Mark has always said he had sexual fantasies of black, about black women because he never saw them. Um, and he saw me and he was like, oh, wow. And it turned out it was very boring and very ordinary. I like Scrabble and <laughs> I ran. So, well, really, they had a highly sexualized view of black women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like all the superstars. You know, the number of makeup artists who I had who say, oh, my God, I've always wanted to make up Diana Ross. I'm saying, I'm doing the news. <laughs> I don't need stick blue eyeshadow. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, and then my, I'd say, my second husband, the, the other view of black women was as mothers, you know, literally. The number of people I've said is that, oh, yes, I think of Mama in um, Tom and Jerry or Steamboat Willie. You know, it was that mama, black woman. So when you're older, you become this, you know, but most 
I'd say the vast majority of Australian men, even now, but especially of that generation when there wasn't the social media, et cetera, et cetera, had really weird views of what black women were, really were. And, and, and that absolutely played out in my relationships because when I didn't turn out to be the sex goddess, when I didn't turn out to be, Mama, you cooking in the kitchen? That was like, oh, God. <laughs> How weird is so, that? So what about, I mean, I'm just conscious of your time, Trisha, and goodness, you know, it's been such such a pleasure to speak to you in this. It, re- it really has. It, it's, <laughs> I've really I'm enjoyed mad, it. <laughs> well, I know, but I really enjoy it, and I appreciate your honesty. But, I mean, so this relationship, I, I don't, were you, are you, what, 62, 63 or something? Like, well, I'm why? 65 at the end of this year, so I'm 64. Are you? Well, um, so why get married for the fourth time? What, what does this relationship bring you, do you think, that, that the others haven't? Um, I've always spent time on my own in between and I, I, you know, I really, again, I was quite happy to be on my own for the rest of my life. In fact, I thought I was 58, 59. Um, no, we'd separated quite a time before I divorced him, um, you know, quietly sort of thing. But I thought that's it. No one's going to look at a woman in their late 50s. That's my first belief. And I thought, I'm okay with that. I'm okay living on my own. Um, I was out here in the States and I was, oh, I couldn't work for a while. I was so mentally, blech. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to be on my own. Um, we were thrown together through very, very good friends, just sitting at something. And I said to myself, I drew up a list. And I said to myself, you know what? The person, if I ever date or end up with anyone, it's going to be, oh, I used to dream this. This sounds awful. It's going to be a widower. It's going to be somebody who was with their wife or their loved one through cancer and breast cancer and understands it and doesn't see themselves as a hero and doesn't use the opportunity to be in control. or It's going to be someone, I, I just always, it's going to be a widower. Anyway, when I met uh, my guy, um, we were sitting next to each other and we started off laughing because my friends were trying to set him up with somebody else. And I was laughing. I nudged him and said, have a nice life, love to set you up with her over there. (laughs) And we just laughed. And we hadn't been talking long when I I, I said, all right, you know, how many times you've been married then? You know, because they told me he's going through divorce. And he said, uh, oh, I'm divorcing this is I'm 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 getting divorced now um how many times you've been married I said twice and I said so you've been divorced twice and he just paused for a minute I said you're widowed aren't you and he looked and I said she had breast cancer didn't she and he was like how do you know and I you just do you just do you know and I don't know I think the things that are different is he's spiritual I have I have a I have a deep faith. I'm not saying I'm religious. I have a deep faith. And I've never had a relationship where the, my partner's had a faith. You know, I've always kept it quiet, you know, and, and I've actually said, like, when my sister was in uh, was dying or she after, after she died, look, I'm really sorry. I, I need to go and pray in a church. I'm really, really sorry. Can you take me to a church? Yeah, I'll leave you at the door, but I'm going. You know, but I have a partner who I've learned a lot about Judaism and the ceremony of that. He came to St. Mark's Cathedral. He came into the cathedral and we lit candles for my, my mum. And, and, and being able to talk to him about prayer and death and 
things think I can I, that's what intimacy is and hmm. I think when you've got little kids and you're a single parent you're talking about the children the time, whole time the children the children you know school kids this that and the other when you meet someone at this age and the kids are almost out of the picture um if you need somewhere else to go and both of us have he always says he wanted to meet someone who'd been to the mountain and he has too um he's gone through a hell of a lot as have i so we connect about all of those things he, he loves that i work it's the first mm. partner i have that I, I i i said to you he, he's in chicago at the moment he's helped set up the studio he will watch my show He's the first person I've ever had a relationship with who I wasn't. I mean, Mark was different, the father of my kids, because he was a producer on the show. But for 20 years, I was ashamed of my work. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. I, if somebody asked me for an autograph, it would be a fight if or anything like that. I'd be apologizing. This is somebody who says to other English people, do you know her from England? I'm going, shut up. And he's like, I have to get the lights right. He'll go out on the boat and he'll he'll be on the, his beloved boat with his cigar and he'll watch the show and he'll text me. Great talent. Listen, I've never had that before. I have never had someone who is proud of me. I was except just my mum say, and my kids. My mum and yeah. my kids, that's it. He sounds like he's very proud of you. Why, why marriage? You're not happy to settle for just living together. You can't at this age, can you, in case one of you dies? <laughs> yeah, you can. No, there's listen, there's inheritance, there's all sorts of... You're talking I to two women here that are in exactly that position. Oh, rats. <laughs> but um, no, seriously, I mean, I think at, for us, I mean, I... I'd say it's it's important to us spiritually. It's important to us to make an, a, a commitment. There are added things like, although I have a green card that's up in twenty twenty five. That's why I tell my kids doing it for the green card. No, we just I don't know. He asked me to marry him, and at that moment, I mean, we've been together nearly five years now. Moved in at the beginning of COVID. We just get on, and we just. For me, it's important because I think if I die before him or he, you know, or, or we're both in hospital or one of us is in hospital, what have you, we never want to be in that position where we're not the the, the next of kin, mm. um, you know, and, and that's a big thing, you know, next of kin, if any of us is in hospital. And I think that really brought it home in COVID as well. Um, but it, it just felt natural. And this is the first time that I'm getting married because I want to get married, not because I've got kids or my kids need a father or da, 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 da. there's no other reason except for us, you know, so. Um, and I, I, I believe you didn't actually have to buy your own engagement ring now. Yes! <laughs> he bought it! <laughs> I think it's bizarre that you had to buy the first three, but we'll, we'll move on from that. Listen, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to, I just have to ask you one final question, Tricia, given the, the subject of this podcast. How do you feel about being in your 60s? How do you feel about getting older? I really don't care. The alternative is worse. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, um, as I said, breast cancer is a big eye opener. I mean, every day, I mean, you know, I remember looking at survival rates for five years and you think, all right, I just have to get to five years. Then you start looking at survival rates for 10 years. 
uh, and I've got past the 10 year mark now, I'm up to 13 years. So you look at 20 years and Kay, I'm absolutely with you. Every time anybody dies in the newspaper, the first thing I look at is, is, is <laughs> the age. It's not just me, it's me <laughs> it's and Trisha. <laughs> uh, I don't care because I think our generation is redefining aging. I really do. I mean, I think of my mum as an old lady. And then when I look back, I think, oh, God, she was younger than me. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself the biggest fright this morning because I'm researching like crazy for the show. I do a talk TV, talk radio, talk TV show at the weekends. And one of my producers said, oh, gosh, it's a long holiday weekend coming up for the Platinum Jewelry. We need to book. And that's so I was like, hang on, the Queen. Uh, you know, how long's the Queen? And I asked ALEXA, <laughs> how long's the Queen? It's 70 years. And I thought, how can it be 70 years? Because dad was at the coronation. I mean, and, and, it, and so it was 1952. So hang on, but that was only five years before I was born. And she's been on the throne 70 years. So I'm, <laughs> shit, I'm 65. I was like, God, I was only born five years after the queen went on the throne. And honestly, Kay, I got, I got the wobblies. I was like, crap, and I'm meant to be doing this thing about, you know, that's, it, seriously, that really brought it home to me. I was like, Good God, I was only born five years after this, you know, but otherwise I don't, I mean, I'm dressed like this because I'm about to go to the gym and then have my ice skating lesson and then I'll probably do it. You know, I, 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 it, it, I hate that saying age is just a number, but we're lucky enough with our generation with healthcare being what it was and God save the National Health Service. I tell you what, you don't want to be living in America. It's another subject. Um, but we're lucky enough to have the health and uh, lots of things at our disposal that our parents didn't have where we can make our 60s be whatever we want them to be i mean and you're right about crazy shoes being the alternative <laughs> and short skirts um we're not frowned upon if we go and shop in I mean, Topshop's gone now, but New Look or any of those yeah. shops, it's no longer a who does she think she is. Um, we have a lot, lot more freedom than our parents did at this age. So I, I think there's a lot less, oh, for God's sake, we can talk about menopause. Um, we can talk about childbirth. We can talk about tits. I'm not saying everything's brilliant, but I think we have a lot more freedom than, than our parents mm -hmm. did. So I think mm -hmm. it's up to us to define whatever aging is. So yeah. if you want to be, and I heard you say before that you, oh God, how childish am I? I, I think, and I know, and research shows that playfulness and what we associate with childishness is what keeps you young and vigorous and, and enjoying life. So keep being childish keep saying shut your face <laughs> yeah it's not that i've often. been given license how amazing yeah. oh. trisha shut your own face yeah, <laughs> no, that's advice like that. shut my face i know that's why i said it oh we're gonna have to shut our faces now trisha thank you so so much so so yeah, much that was you. just such a good chat uh, and oh. i hope you enjoyed it too um, i did yes all right, listen, take care and uh, talk TV and talk radio. Watch out for Trisha. <laughs> Lovely to meet you. <laughs> and bye. you too. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Put my glasses back on now so I can see. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny about Trisha saying that, you know, our generation's so different from our parents. I never saw, my mother never actually wore a pair of trousers. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. She from the age that I can remember, you know, maybe I don't know what my earliest memory is of when I was what three, four, or five. Same hairstyle, perm, but like the queen's perm. And to me, she was always sort of grey-haired and never a pair of trousers, always just below the knee skirts. Wow. I know, I know. See, my mum was just not like that. She was, yeah, much... Yeah, I mean, obviously about the same age. What age would your mum be if she was alive? Uh, she was born in 1920. Ah, right, OK. My mum was 1933, but sounds very, very different. To be explored at a later mm-hmm. date. We have to go. Um, yeah, I, I just loved that chat. I loved so much of what Trisha was saying. Very there. interesting. Um, really, really interesting. Kate, do you think you'll ever get married? Uh We've really got to go now, so um, it's been nice speaking God, to you. God, I really you. hope Ian doesn't <laughs> listen to these podcasts. He doesn't, he doesn't, he hasn't a clue what I'm doing. He hasn't a clue what I'm doing. It's funny, you know, Trisha's saying it's so lovely that she's now getting married to somebody who's proud of her and proud of what she does. That is lovely um, to hear, isn't it's it? It's really lovely. Um, and, you know, I'm, Ian, if Ian knew what I did, I know he'd be proud of it. Um, <laughs> Does he know you've got a radio programme? Probably not. <laughs> he loves tennis, that's as far as he gets. But anyway, he would be very lovely about it if he knew what it was. Right, OK, bye everyone. Um, thank you. I, I say thank you for your company. There might be nobody there I'm very aware of it. But anyway, uh, do send us your emails. Podcast at htb60.com. Six zero. Uh, yes, thank you. And if you are enjoying the podcast, and I really hope you are, then perhaps you could give a little um, rate and review. See, I'm getting good. Okay, you. See you next week. Bye. How to Be 60 was written and presented by Kay Adams with Karen McKenzie. A new episode drops every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And while you're there, rate and review. Thank you. <laughs>